Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I'm your host, Michelle Poulvert, and I'm chatting with the lovely Meg Barrage of Collaboration Station. And Meg is like the collaboration queen, the Kajabi master, and I'm so excited to geek out about all things like courses, scaling, and collaboration in particular, because this is something Olivia and myself are crazy passionate about, and I feel like we found a kindred spirit in Meg, so I'm really excited to just dive down the rabbit hole with you. So uh, with all that being said, would you like to do like a more proper official introduction, or is my ravings <laughs> oh, about you being awesome? <laughs> I mean, I guess for anybody who who doesn't know me, who's new to my world, I am Meg. I'm an Aussie, if you can't hear the accent, and I'm stuck in the Netherlands. I always tell everyone I'm, I'm stranded in the Netherlands, but uh, my husband is Dutch, so that's how we ended up here. Got three kids, um, and we've been here since sort of the middle of COVID in 2020, mm. and we came with a two-year plan, but somehow we are so <laughs> still here and it looks like we will be here for a little bit longer before we get back to uh, the flip side part of the world <laughs> and yeah my my online business journey has been um, a few years of just a lot of Kajabi stuff um, mm. Kajabi coaching and Kajabi templates and training Kajabi specialists and like everything Kajabi um, and then more recently, I decided that, you know, what I was really passionate about, I mean, it's hard to be super passionate about software, but <laughs> what I am really passionate about is helping other people get their online business up and running using mm. collaboration strategies. And that's how Collaboration Station came about. Oh, I love it. Okay, before we get too much into the business side, I just have to know, how on earth did you get stranded here in Europe? Like, what's the story here? <laughs> Well, I mean, we we could go home. The thing was, my husband, when, I mean, we met in Australia and he uh, became an Australian citizen mm -hmm. and he didn't know before he did that, that the Dutch weren't so cool with that. So oh, no. after he became an Australian citizen, he automatically lost his Dutch citizenship and he was super bummed about that. And the only way he could mm -hmm. get it back was to come over to the Netherlands and live here for at least a year. Um, mm. And then we had this surprise third baby and we thought, hmm, now might be a good time to go and get some free babysitting from my mother-in-law <laughs> and live in the Netherlands for a year and the kids can get Dutch passports and then after a couple of years we can go back to Australia. So that was the plan that we came with. But then, you know, the kids started going to school and they really love it here. And then my Aww. husband got a job. And, you know, like before you know it, it's like, okay, well, I guess we could do one more year. Uh, so we we have actually just purchased a block of land in Australia. And our dream is to build our 20-year house. I mean, <laughs> we've never stayed anywhere for longer than two years, but we have this dream of a 20-year house. Um, I can so and, relate. <laughs> yes, and hopefully... That will be finished at some point next year, and then we can move home. <laughs> oh, I love it, though. I think you, you're making the best of a, a wonky situation. And as anyone who's lived globally knows, you know, sometimes bureaucrat bureaucratic nonsense can actually make big life decisions for you. Absolutely. And it's been a good adventure. I mean, we spent the last few months um, in the Caribbean because mm. we don't love cold Dutch weather. I don't know why... <laughs> moving to the Netherlands sounded like a good idea. I didn't appreciate how long the winter was going to go for or mm. how grey and miserable it would be. So <laughs> we thought, let's escape the winter and go and live on a Caribbean island for a few months and see if, you know, that's where we're 
where we're supposed to be. Mm. And we went over there with this like five month trial plan. And about six weeks in, we thought, you know, why would you want to live anywhere else? This is amazing. And we put this offer in on a house, which thankfully got rejected. And, you know, we we were doing the whole island thing, thinking we're going to just live here for the next 10 years. This is fantastic. And about, oh, it must have been about the three-month mark when that holiday feeling has, like, totally worn off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm, actually, there's a big difference between being on holidays <laughs> somewhere lovely and living there. Uh, there was, mm-hmm. like, nothing to do other than go to the beach. And it was, like, crazy expensive island. So our five-month trip, we actually shortened it to four months. Oh, and gosh. the Netherlands <laughs> looks pretty good after that experience. We're like, actually, the Netherlands is not so bad. So, <laughs> so we're back in the Netherlands, making the most of the summer here and trying to forget about the fact that winter is coming. (laughs) I mean, I love winter, so I can't relate, but I do think there's something to that holiday (laughs) romance that you can kind of fall in love with. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're not even beach people, so I'm not quite sure why we thought that was going to be a great idea, but it was good for the first six weeks. It was amazing. Mm. Um, But, you know, even the internet was good, but I didn't have an office, so I was working mm. from home and, you know, kids would be sort of coming in and interrupting you when you're trying to record a podcast or something. And, you know, I was like, okay, this isn't the perfect situation, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, do you mind sharing a bit how you've been able to move around all this stuff and have all these changes with your business still running? Because that's a lot of shifts you've just shared in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I, I guess that's the brilliant thing, isn't it, about online business, that you can do it from anywhere. Mm. And when I first got into this, you know, my my husband was like, are you really sure you want to give up like your corporate nine to five to go and run your own business? Like, are you crazy? Is basically what he said. <laughs> um, and I had just come out of another business. So it, I'd gone and launched this co-working space for parents with childcare in the building. And I thought that, that was like great. <laughs> that great, didn't it? I mean, it got lots of media coverage and it won lots of awards. And thankfully someone even gave me like a $20,000 grant, which kept me afloat for like a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. for all the good stuff people said about it, mums yeah. didn't really want to pay for it or couldn't pay for it. You know, they loved mm-hmm. the idea, but they were just starting their business. So they chose yep. to work when their child was asleep, you know, or once they went to bed at night. And as much as they wanted to come in and use this co-working space with childcare, not many it's people creepy. actually did. So, yeah. so after about a year, I was like, hmm, I'm now $100,000 in debt. I got this beautiful co-working space full of amazing furniture that I've imported from China. Um, oh, and, you know, I've got this like big empty room. What the hell am I going to do now? So I'd had to take a bank loan to pay off that and go back to corporate. And I was in this corporate nine to five for about 18 months that I absolutely hated. Mm. And I used to come home every day and just like pour myself like a jug of red wine. Like this is the (laughs) worst job ever. Um, But thankfully, um, well, not during the drinking phase, but a little bit later, (laughs) I got pregnant and we were like three months pregnant. And somebody told me about James Wedmore and business Mm. by design and online business. And I knew nothing about the online course space. That was back in 2018, October of 2018. And I joined one of his free trainings. And before I knew it, I'd paid James Wedmore $3,000. And I was like, (laughs) yes, I'm going to create an online course about how not to fail in startup business um, or like lessons learned from a failed startup or something like that, you know, yeah. and, 
And so I just threw myself into learning everything about online courses and digital marketing. And it was just Mm -hmm. so fascinating. Like I just became obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And then I still wasn't really any closer to figuring out what was going to go in this course of mine. And Mm -hmm. maternity leave was coming. And I was like, well, I need to use maternity leave to grow this online business so that I don't have to go back to corporate at the end. Um, and I had a coach at the time. Thankfully, I found this amazing coach in like Switzerland of all places. Mm-hmm. And he said, Meg, you know, the online course thing, you just got to park that for now. Like if you really want to get out of corporate and, you know, make six figures while you're on maternity leave, you got to find something that you are just really good at that you can offer as a service and mm. do that for the next year. And I'm so glad he said that to me because, you know, we just really like analyzed my skill set. And during that time of trying to figure out what I put in an online course, I'd gone and got a Kajabi subscription and I'd figured it out. And I was mm. like, well, you know, I'm not bad at this Kajabi thing. I guess I could do that for people. And he was like, great, off of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, okay. So I just started, you know, mentioning in Facebook groups, like I can help you with that. You know, I'm like, I haven't been doing it for years, but I'm very affordable because I'm just getting started. And <laughs> so many people took me up on it that before I knew it, I just had this like, roaring business, an assistant, a nanny to help me with the newborn. Um, mm. And then about a year later was when we found out, oh, it was nine months later after the baby had come, um, that I was like, what do you mean I'm pregnant again? Like, I already <laughs> have a baby. <laughs> so all of a sudden we had two babies. It was like, this oh, shell of, you know, like we were just this female run household. My husband would mm. stay out of the house for as much as possible. because <laughs> It was just like baby central. And women running around trying to, you know, run this Kajabi business. But (laughs) we had loads of fun. And then, you know, the shift to the Netherlands wasn't that hard. And actually, Mm. it's been been much easier to run my business from here because most of my clients Mm. are based in the States. And from Australia, the time zone is so awful. It's like one of (laughs) of the things that stops us moving home is the fact that it's going to be so much harder to run my business from there. So Mm. it's been been good. Um, And my husband all of a sudden became supportive. Amazingly Aww. enough, when he saw the money going into the bank account, he was like, oh, mm. this is a thing. Okay, well, I guess we're moving to the Netherlands. Uh, so he's on board now, thankfully. <laughs> that's great. I mean, I think that's very similar to a lot of people's stories of you get the spark, you get the excitement, and then the reality check of building just a purely education-based business is a really tough gig. Like, you need people to know you're there and be ready to buy from you and know how to buy from you when you even have the beautiful course in the first place. So mm-hmm. I think the start with service is always pretty good advice starting out. Maybe not for everyone, but for most people. Maybe not for everyone, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I think if you're, in a, if you're in a crunch, like a money crunch, mm-hmm. which I was, it was like, I've got to make this money before maternity leave is over. Otherwise I have to go back. Yeah. And that idea just made me miserable. So, mm. you know, for me, just, yeah, coming up with a service that I could do. Well, the first idea I had for a service I was going to offer was, helping people to like write all of their systems and processes and then find virtual assistants Um, because my corporate life had been traveling up and down to Manila training um, people in the Philippines to you know for us to send our work to from Perth and so I had experience with that but I only I, I started offering that for like the first two weeks and I was like actually I hate systems and processes. (laughs) I could do this for somebody, but this does not fill Mm. me with passion at all. Like I can't think of anything worse than writing out SOPs. So (laughs) as much as I could do that, I'm just going to park that idea. What else could I do? And that's when we came up with the Kajabi concept. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the weird mysteries of life is figuring out what you're good at and enjoy doing because those two mm. things do not always overlap. And I think there's a lot of introspection that goes into it. But I think having that external party to be able to point to you and say, this is what you're good at. And I think it lights you up. Sometimes that's so invaluable because we can't see it when we're inside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. You know, I, I find it very difficult to turn my computer off because I love <laughs> what I do. You know, I the, that's a good a sign. Nights, yeah, a couple of nights ago, I went home without my computer because I thought, <gasps> no, I'm going to be like very healthy and I'm going to leave my computer at work and separate work and home. And I got home and like everything was done and the kids were in bed and my husband was watching something super boring on television. And uh. I was just walking around like this lost puppy because I was like, hmm, <laughs> I can't even switch my laptop on to like you know tick a couple of tasks off my list um, so I kind of suffer this withdrawal if I can't you know mm. open up my laptop and just like you know play with a few things and maybe knock something up in Canva or whatever it is that I'm busily working on so uh, mm. yes I love it I think of it as a hobby I love that. I think that's, yeah, the joy of a really well-aligned business is it is so much fun. It's hard to turn off. Yeah. You know, um, and I did actually like, I mean, recently I went and launched that collaboration platform. Yeah, and, I wanted to ask about that. And my plan at the time was, you know, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe like I'm done with Kajabi, you know, maybe it's mm -hmm. uh, it's time for me to just like pivot a bit and do something completely different and just like forget that whole Kajabi part of my life. But I've got a, um, I've got a coach, new coach at the moment. And she said, you know, mm. Meg, like you've done like so much in the Kajabi space. Like it would be a shame to go and mm. like burn the boats, you know, yeah. <laughs> like have a look at what you have been doing in the business. Like you couldn't dislike all of it. Like have <laughs> a look at all the elements of your current business and pick out the bits that you actually do enjoy. And I mm. think for me, like where I found that I've, you know, over the last few years started to like, just, you know, the, I guess the shines come off it mm. is because I am like a complete solopreneur. Like right now mm. I don't have anyone working with me. I just do everything myself and it kind of gets boring, you know? It's like <laughs> I got no one to bounce any ideas off. I like mm -hmm. I have to do every element of every project myself. And yeah, you just sort of want someone to just like share the load, share the wins, share the everything with. And you know, I, I thought about it and I was like, well, no, I love collaborating, which is how mm. you know this whole new business idea came about. And I thought maybe I could actually just do some more collaborations inside of my Kajabi business. So, mm. you know, my 12-week group coaching program that I've always run by myself um, once a year, like this is the first year where I went out to not one but two people and said, hey, do you guys like want to like team up and like the three <laughs> of us will run this 12-week group coaching program and, you know, each person will bring a different element and, of course, you know, we'll have to share the profits but we'll probably get like three times as many people because it'll be mm. a much more rounded program um yeah. so I'm, I'm like I'm newly excited I've been like reignited re-sparked because yeah. I'm like oh I'm actually like really excited about doing my Kajabi coaching this year because I'm going to be doing it with some other people yes yeah that injection of just someone else's enthusiasm you can mm. ride that high <laughs> yeah, for a long time cool. you know there was a huge shift for me when Olivia and I started to partner up it's it, yeah, it's less lonely, but I think you spark better ideas when you're collaborating with somebody else, when you can get that outside perspective, a real asset. And, you know, I think collaborations take all shapes and sizes. Um, mm. 
so I know you're a collaboration collaboration expert. That was weirdly hard to say. What kinds of <laughs> collaborations? No, what kind of collaborations do you see out there in the wild, and what have you tried yourself? I mean, there are so many. There, there are some that like pop up all the time. Um, like I feel mm. like bundles and summits are like everywhere right now. Like I'm like, how yeah, do I get away from having a moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just everywhere. Um, so for people who are like, what is even that? I mean, most of you guys probably would have had one cross your inbox by now, but if not, like a, a <laughs> bundle is where somebody coordinates it and puts together like a bunch of different digital products from a, a number of people. And then people either opt in for it and get all those products for free, or maybe there's like a small purchase point um, with it, you know, if they're more valuable digital products. Mm -hmm. um, so a bundle has been like a really great way to to grow my email list, participating mm -hmm. in, in a few bundles. So I've got to be a bit selective because every time you put your hand up for a bundle, it usually comes with a requirement to send X number of emails to your list. So you really yeah. have to start looking at your calendar to be like, can I even squeeze that in? Because I've got a lot going on right now. <laughs> so bundles are one of them. Um, virtual summits are another great one, you know, and, mm -hmm. and often with both of those strategies, you know, there's, there's sometimes not a criteria to have any kind of list size. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're looking for cool products to put in the bundle or they're looking for really knowledgeable, interesting, captivating speakers for the summit. And yeah. the list size is sometimes not the most important factor. So I think both of those are a great place to get started if you have like no audience at all and you're like, how can mm. I like grow a following? Then I think those two are brilliant. Um, one of my one of my favorites has been um, incorporating other people's products inside my signature programs as bonuses, um, because I think you know as as entrepreneurs, especially when you're launching like your first course, you go mm. and put like everything into it, and then you get to do the sales page, and you're like, hmm what am I going to put in this bonus section? Like I already mm -hmm. put everything that I have into the course. So then you're like, well, do I go and create some like new stuff to be bonuses or do I start looking at what I said was going to be in the course and start stripping some of that stuff out and calling mm. it a bonus? You know, it, it can be difficult to come up with bonus ideas. And I just, you know, I couldn't come up with anything. So I was like, well, I know some other people with cool stuff. Like maybe I could just reach out to them and, mm. you know, organize a wholesale rate and include their products as a part of my program as the bonus. So that's mm. worked really well because, you know, there's always stuff that your students are going to need that you can't give them, you know, mm -hmm. like SEO training and yep. templates on Canva and all this other stuff, like in the online space. So I was like, oh, I know people that can do that though. So I just reached out to a range of people and put together these amazing bonuses from other people. Um, mm. And that's really helped a lot to like create long lasting, you know, friendships and working relationships mm. with those people. Um, but it also just really increased that perceived value of the signature program to have all those amazing bonuses in it. So it sort of in a very short space of time enabled me to double the price on that program. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Okay. So we've got participating in events, you know, adding other people's offers into your office, which I think is a really great one. When, you know, our audience is filled with mums with crazy schedules, what would you say is a less time heavy investment way of starting to collaborate? Maybe even like with the particular caveat of time zones or not being awake when a lot of the rest of the world is awake. What would yeah. you say are sort of the good entry points for people in that position? 
Like I still think the bundle is a really mm-hmm. great one because there's not really any live element on you. You know, you go yeah. away, you create some kind of little mini product and you'll over time, you know, you probably end up with, if you can create like a few mini products, then you can rotate them through the various bundles that you see out there. Because Often bundles don't want you to repeat something that you put in a bundle like last month. So (laughs) it's good to have like a a few products that you can rotate through. But once you get accepted for a bundle and you send in your thing, you know, it's just as long as it's easy for the, you know, the end user to redeem, your Mm. task is pretty much done with a bundle other than sending a couple of emails to your list if you have one. Um, So I think bundles are great. Summits can also be great because a lot of the content usually is pre-recorded. So you record Mm -hmm. your summit segment and then you just send it in by the due date. Sometimes summits need you to be there live or want you on a live panel, which I find Mm. tricky with time zones. Like every now and again, I'm like, sorry, I can't do the panel. Like that's my 11 o'clock at night and sleep is really important. Yes, we're not that useful when we're basically asleep. No, absolutely (laughs) not. I need my sleep. So, you know, it really depends. Every criteria, set of criteria is different. So it's really Mm. just having a look to see what is needed of you. Um, So I think those two are great. Lead magnet swaps are great. Mm. Um, I ran yesterday, actually, this one's probably not so good for time poor people, but another great (laughs) collaboration strategy. Um, I ran a joint webinar with somebody from Collaboration Mm -hmm. Station and we ran that joint webinar to my non-Collaboration Station email list and my Kajabi Facebook group. Mm. And we had about 100 people register for her webinar and she came in to teach micro offers. AI assisted micro offers was like the topic of the the webinar. And then she presented her uh, $500 boot camp at the end. Um, we had 25 people on the webinar who joined live. And then five of those bought five so far. Who knows? Maybe she's had some more sales <laughs> this morning. But five so far bought that $500 offer. And mm. then because it's a joint webinar and I have brought her into my community, I'm an affiliate. So she makes, you know, X percent and I make X percent. And, you know, we it's like an, an hour well spent, I think. Mm. So, so yeah, that true win-win. True win-win. And, you know, she's a busy mum too. It was actually her daughter's first birthday yesterday. So she took some oh. time out from one-year-old <laughs> birthday celebrations to come in, run this joint webinar, and then go back to the party. Um, mm. So <laughs> you can pretty much make anything work. But I think it's, you know, I think you, you need to be careful about the collaboration partners that you choose mm. um, and the collaboration events that you put your hand up for. You know, so yeah. As long as you're a little bit selective, I think you can make, make a lot of different strategies work. Yeah. So thinking about those collaboration partners and sort of finding a good fit match, what would you say to look out for as people start to explore collaborating and looking for those people to partner up with? What's a sign it's a good match? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Like for me, I, I'm like a gut feel person. So I mm. just get somebody on a call first and just like hear them out. And, you know, I'm just really an instinct driven person. Like, <laughs> do I like this person? Like, do mm. I think they like me? Do we have a good laugh? You know, and and you can ask questions around what they've done before, you know, in the past, something like a joint webinar. If I'm going to present um, or promote somebody and their webinar to my audience, then I want to make sure that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> it's unlikely that I would present to my audience like somebody who is what how I feel is like to be unproven, you know, like they mm. haven't they haven't beta launched their course, they don't have any case studies, they don't have any testimonials, you know, they're sort of like brand, brand new. I'd probably mm. be 
be a bit hesitant. Um, I'd probably find other ways that we could do some kind of collaboration. Maybe, um, you know, even once I've launched my course, for example, or a membership, I often have guests in to come in and mm. teach on a particular topic. Um, so then I'm not sort of like promoting them to my entire list of thousands when I'm saying, hey, like, you know, come on in and I'll introduce you to these 30 students that I've got. And, you know, we can run a little masterclass and see how it goes, you know. And, mm. and if that goes well, you know, it's sort of like coming up with little baby steps that you can do yeah. before you, you know, go the whole hog and uh, start to decide that you're going to conquer the world together. <laughs> I think that's really good advice. I think it can be so maybe tempting to see those really big scale collaborations and think, you know, well, I want that and try and jump in to that level of connection with someone. And I think maybe like dating, you need to like warm up to it. You need to make sure you're a good fit and yeah. make sure there's a, a trust, a like good sense of connection and, you know, that your audiences are aligned, that the work you're doing is aligned. Um, so I think that's, that's really good advice. Yeah. I, th I think the other thing is you need to be quite clear on like the win-win type expectations because something mm. that I never really did very well in the beginning was say, what I wanted out of it you know I'd always yeah. just sort of be looking for well how can I help this person you know like what's mm. their ultimate um, goal or objective okay well how can I be sure that this collaboration is going to satisfy that and I'd be mm. like laser focused on that and helping <laughs> them and then I would just make the assumption that they're going to like you know look for ways to support me um mm. And sometimes they don't, you know, so I think yeah. you need to be like really clear, like, hey, I'm going to do this and you're going to do this, you know, <laughs> like it, it can be a bit of a, I don't know, a bit deflating and depressing mm. when you go and put all this effort into a collaboration and then they don't like hold up what you thought was their end of the bargain. And that's because you didn't make it clear in the beginning <laughs> what you were expecting them to do. Yeah, I think expectations are so key and you know, that starts with communication, but I think it is like really breaking down, you know, who's going to do what and what's going to happen yeah. if they can't. And basically like having a plan, mm. do you recommend that in maybe as we get into bigger collaborations that we actually build up official contracts and like really nail this down? Or do you still think it's more interpersonal and just like coming to that agreement for even something as big as like a JV webinar yeah. launch? I think like agreement, like legal agreements are a really good idea, mm. um, even for, for smaller, um, you know, type collaborations, really yeah. just, I mean, not because you're like, hey, if you break the rules, I'm going to sue you, but it, just really to lay out very clearly what the expectations are, you know, mm. what your, your, what you know, what the criteria is for being in this particular collaboration, what the promotional schedule is going to be, how the commission, you know, what the commission rate's going to be, yeah. when it's going to get paid, what's going to happen if like it's been paid out and then somebody wants a refund, you know, like all those little <laughs> nitty gritty details that when you're talking over email or on a Zoom call, you just don't really think to mention them. Mm. <laughs> and then you have a look at these, you know, beautifully written um, agreements, collaboration style agreements. And it's got so many points in it that you're like, oh, I didn't think about any of that, but we probably <laughs> should, we probably should discuss it. Like mm. I, I think, um, you know, when I'm looking for uh, collaboration agreements, my um, my go-to person is this lovely lady called Pam Stevens. Um, mm. I'll give her a little plug, step up network <laughs> if anyone is um, looking for legal agreements. Um, but, you know, she she said in a class for, for my students recently, she was like, well, 
know, an agreement is great and you should have one, but if you're not willing to do it or if you wouldn't be willing to do it over a handshake with the person, then Mm. the agreement is kind of like not going to save you. You know, like Mm. if you have like red flags going up all over the place and you think, oh, well, I can circumvent those red flags with a a legal agreement. Like that's going to make everything Mm. okay. Like it probably won't make everything okay. Um, So you should still have that gut feel and instinct that, hey, this person's amazing and we could just do this over a handshake and a quick email. Mm. Um, But then the the agreement really is just to lay out like all those all those expectations and make sure that everyone's clear on how it's going to run um, just in case any questions come up down the line. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. And I think, you know, as much as possible, we want to remain like on top of our legal requirements. But I think even taking that extra step when it's not technically required and just making the effort to really lay the like groundwork on how that's going to go down. I think that's really good advice. Not just saying that because my sister's a lawyer, but I do agree. (laughs) I think it's very important. Um, so you um, mentioned red. Yeah. Oh no, I was just going to say. I mean, they don't have yeah. to go off pages and pages and pages. It's no, quite, it's pretty simple, but I still think it's a good idea. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, so you mentioned some red flags. I don't want to be too negative, but I'm wondering for maybe those of us who are not as good at recognizing red flags, what might we be wanting to look out for when sort of starting to feel out a potential collaborator? Like, again, for me, like, red flags really is instinct, you know? Mm. It's just uh, where I see, like, personality clashes or, you know, just objectives not aligned, you know, what mm. they're looking to get out of it and what I'm looking to get out of it. Or, you know, if you sort of listen to the way that they're going to go about something and you think, oh, that's not that's not the way that I'd go about it, you know? Yes. <laughs> I think it's, um, you know, as all of us being mothers, where our intuition <laughs> is great, you know, and, mm. and often like in so many areas of, of business, we often get red flags. And especially when it's like the beginning of your business, that's when you tend yeah. to look past them. It's like when you're new and you really want to get something up and running and your gut is like, oh, I don't know about this person. Like, I'm just not sure that this is mm-hmm. a good fit. And often we like sweep those feelings aside because we're like, oh, but I just got to get some runs on the board, you know, and yeah. they've got a massive audience and, you know, whatever justification you give yourself in your head. But often those situations come back to bite you and you would have <laughs> just been better like letting that one go and heading off to find something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say on my end, as someone who has done a lot of collaboration, who loves collaboration, sometimes the big shiny ones where you're like, oh, on paper, they sound amazing, tend not to actually have the outcome you hope they will. And those mm-hmm. maybe slightly smaller, but really well aligned collaborations where, you know, maybe their audience isn't in the millions, but they have the right people and the connections there, that sort of spark is there. Those are the ones that end up making the biggest impact. So yeah. it can be easy to be swayed by like the big goals, the big dreams. But I think that yeah. gut check of like really being on the same page, speaking the same language. Like, I think that's so important. I love that. I know. I had one recently actually where I like, you know, there were were red flags, Michelle. I Mm. I did it anyway. And I was like, why did I do that? 
that, you know, and, and I was caught up in the fact that, well, they've got this big audience and, mm-hmm. you know, if I team up with them, then all these amazing things are going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, we went into this project and I was just working like a gazillion hours a week on this project. And they were oh. like, no way to be seen, you know, it's like, oh, what are you doing to help this particular collaboration? And, and, I, and then, of course, you know, if you, you do forge ahead with those red flag scenarios, then you're left with a situation of like, how the heck do I get out of this now? You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, now it's got awkward conversations coming and I'm not good with awkward conversations. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, icky. <laughs> so much, much better if you just don't get into that stuff in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's very good advice. Probably a lesson we keep having to learn over time, mm-hmm. but I think that's a very good one to keep trying. Yeah. So I'm curious, as we kind of wrap up, I'd love to hear how you've been kind of fitting all of this, because you are doing a lot. How you fit this in by, like, also living abroad, raising three kids, like, having a partner. How? How are you doing all of this? I do have a full-time nanny. Um, She is like, we couldn't survive without her, I don't think, um, which enables me to work, you know, Mm. full-time. My my kids are just about three. Um, Then I've got another one who's four and a half and Mm. one who is nine. Um, So they're all like school or daycare in the mornings. Um, Mm. And then we have this lovely nanny who comes in at lunch and works through until like seven o'clock. So I, I do put in a lot of hours. I I look at entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, I just work like two hours a day. And I'm like, I could never do that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I don't think I'd want to do that, but even if Mm. I did want to do that, I just can't see it being possible um, at any point. But luckily I do love what I do. So, you know, I am quite addicted to it. I force myself to take (laughs) weekends off um Mm. but but I am working full-time I have like Monday boards um for anyone who's familiar with monday.com I have Monday boards set up to keep me on track with all my various task lists and to-do lists and (laughs) they're just I've got lists everywhere I'm not a Trello person or you know Notion (laughs) or any of those I'm just lists I love spreadsheets Mm and to-do lists <laughs> you have so, to find uh, the organization system that works for your brain I feel like that's yeah. one of the early lessons in entrepreneurship and I, I travel quite a lot for work I mean in the last mm-hmm. two months I've been in Sedona and I've been in Austin and I just got back from two weeks in South Africa it's like travel mm-hmm. travel travel and then we're about to have our summer family holiday to Denmark so I feel like I I work a lot during the week, but then I feel like I actually only work part-time because it's like well, half the month I'm traveling and then the other half I have to work like a crazy person to like catch mm-hmm. up with all the stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I work a lot and I, I'm just in the process now of thinking, okay, this is this is ridiculous. You've got to <laughs> like, you've got to start delegating some of this stuff. So mm. I'm just in the process of recruiting a virtual assistant to uh, take some of the like admin tasks off mm-hmm. my desk. I've tried this before. I've failed miserably. Oh, but no. I'm going to try again. <laughs> so I'm going, I'm determined to get it right. And I think it comes down to, you know, how well do you train the person? And I'm mm. always one of those people who's like, well, I don't have time to train. It'll be just quicker if I do it myself. And oh like, no, no, that's the trap. <laughs> that's not how digital CEOs should think. You've got to put the time in to write processes and, you know, train the people correctly so that they can you know, free up some of your time in the long term. So so I'm at that point now where I'm like, okay, Mm. I'm going to relinquish control and let a few other people (laughs) take some stuff 
off my plate. Mm. Um, we do have that launch coming up for our group coaching program. And, you know, mm. I'm, I'm managing to now divide the responsibilities between three people. Now that Very I'm smart. Out. Yes. So, so that's going to lessen the load a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't say I've got the magic recipe on that one. I do think, I don't think it is, exists. <laughs> I think childcare is super important if you can find mm. it. Um, you know, I don't think I would have been able to grow my business the way I have if I hadn't have had that kind of child childcare yeah. support. I think that's so important that you knew yourself well enough to sort of say, Hey, me as a person, I'm going to need to work. So you set yourself up so that you could do that. You know, I think we all kind of get born into this motherhood role and you learn what kind of mum you're going to be, what space you need for yourself, what is going to keep you to like be a happy human, to raise some happy humans. I think it's really important to figure that out, which will look different for everybody. But it sounds like you figured out your kind of need your magic recipe and, and making it work. Yeah. I definitely worked out I was not one of those mums who could work from home, homeschool their kids, be mm. around their kids like all day long. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I'm not that mother. You know, I'm not that mother who is just like what I call them super mums. Like I am not a Aww. super mum. I'm I'm a uh, quality over quantity person. I mm-hmm. get them ready for school in the mornings and then I'm there around about dinner time and I do the stories and I put them in bed and you know we have lots of fun but it's uh, in small doses and then we oh. hang out together over the weekend and for me that's enough. <laughs> and then I, yeah. I come to what I consider to be my happy place which is my office <laughs> and uh, I'm very introverted and I work away mm. at my desk for several hours a day and that keeps me happy. See, I think that's the key. It's like figuring out whatever shape that balance looks like for you and then just like leaning into it, enjoying that that's your special version of motherhood. And yeah, I I think there's so many, I don't know, stigmas and thoughts around how to do it right. And I think it just like, it has to work for you. It has to work for the kids you have and their personalities and like family dynamic and what you're doing, like all of it's so variable. So I just love Mm -hmm. that you figured out what works for you. That's awesome. Okay, so if people want to learn more about you, swim deeper in your waters, get to know you more, how can they find you? And then I know you have something really cool to share with us as well. Yeah, I mean, the the easiest way to find us is over on Collaboration Station. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll stick a link below, but if yeah. you can remember it, it's collaborationstation.directory. Somebody had the .com already, so I was like, got it. So, <laughs> don't you hate it when they go and save oh all the gosh. domains and then don't use them for anything? I was like, oh, that's so mean. So mean. <laughs> so we are collaborationstation.directory. Um, you guys won't forget that now. And, <laughs> and if anybody would like to give us a try, come and join our collaboration community and meet all the other members in there, then when you get to that website, collaborationstation.directory, you'll see a seven-day test run on that page and you can sign up for seven days with us and come in and check out all the features and all the collaboration opportunities we've got listed. We've got a cool community going and come and have lots of fun with us and we hope to see you over there. Mm, It's a lovely group. I definitely encourage you to check it out. Okay, well, thank you so much, Meg, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for listening in for this week's Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we really appreciate a rating and telling a business friend about the show. We're going to be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And until then, take care.